It's time for Talking Michigan Transportation, a podcast devoted to the conversations with people at the forefront of the ongoing mobility revolution. In the state that put the world on wheels, here's your host, MDOT Communications Director, Jeff Cranson. Hi, welcome to Talking Michigan Transportation, a podcast about all things mobility in the state of Michigan. I'm your host, Jeff Cranson, Director of Communications at the Michigan Department of Transportation. And today I'm very pleased to have a special guest, a colleague and good friend of mine, Mohammed El Garabi. Thanks for doing this, Mohammed. It's my pleasure, Jeff. So let's talk. I think you've just got a, a fascinating personal story, um, not to mention that you've worked on a lot of fascinating projects um, during your time at the department. But let's just start with what brought you to the United States from your native Iraq, um, how you ended up in Michigan, you know, that whole thing. Well, uh, thank you for um, asking the question because it's really interesting to, to note that since I was a child, I really had a dream to be a civil engineer. But unfortunately, because um, I couldn't do this in my home country at the time, I, I was given the privilege and opportunity to come to the United States at age 17 and started uh, my life uh, all together, really, uh, in the United States. And of course, Detroit was the choice for city to be in and to attend a school at a great school, Wayne State University. So why so, Detroit? Why Detroit? Um, basically, uh, there's a, probably a backstory, but short and short, uh, we had friends and uh, neighbors that uh, that that we knew really well, and they were have already migrated to, to the United Folks States from to, Baghdad. From Baghdad, migrated to Detroit, and uh, they played a role in uh, picking Wayne State and picking the the location at the time. But I think they made a great choice. Okay, so how did you get from Wayne State civil engineering program to being a project manager at MDOT? Um, again, there is a really good story on this one because I, I was uh, very lucky to have the op uh, opportunity to co do co-op program with, uh, with the department. So MDOT came to Wayne State uh, in my probably sophomore or probably junior year, and they recruited me to, to do uh, co-op work, and uh, I had the privilege to work for... Uh, wonderful MDOTers uh, uh, that that really taught me so much uh, during that time. So that really kind of inspired me about Michigan Department of Transportation. And I wanted to have a job with ultimately with, with MDOT. Your father was educated in the States, right? That's correct. My, my dad had the uh, uh, opportunity to come uh, back in the 50s, late 50s, and uh, get his PhD, master and PhD. He's a mathematician and a statistician, uh, Washington State University. So that, that gave you a bit of familiarity you know, with the United States and, and your dad wasn't gonna push back when you said you wanna go be educated in the United States, but you think your parents anticipated then that you would end up staying here for the rest of your life? I don't think so. I think at the time they probably, their hopes and that I would go back uh, once I finish my education, but things uh, got difficult with the world uh, as we know it, and uh, it really changed the, the, the story for me, and, and it was a good story for me to stay and continue my life here in Michigan. So what specifically transpired around that time that you came here to go to school? 
Well, uh, if this is around the mid 80s to late 80s. And so when I graduated uh, Wayne State in 1988, um, I, that's, we're, get, we're getting very close to the Iraq-Iran war. And that was uh, like at that time, things were getting very heated up. And I think that that's probably, you know, was a reason for me to stay back and, and continue my journey here. And it's just a few years later that Saddam Hussein went into Kuwait. So, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So from that time on, did you kind of feel like it's going to be very difficult to go home? I'm probably going to... I think so. And we all know that sometimes, uh, you know, you don't know until you, you take the next step, so to speak. So, uh, you know, I wasn't really anticipating... 100% that I would be staying, but then, like I said, I found my the love of my life, my wife. We've been married 30 years now, uh, so that really kind of uh, really paved the way for me to to stay and start our own family and uh, life here in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, so I guess talk a little bit about what that was like coming here. Um, a little familiarity with the United States because of your your dad, but for the most part, you came here on your own and carved out a life and uh, you know it's it's kind of a classic immigrant story right it was in the sense of uh, I didn't really speak the language I uh, I knew I was educated uh, you know where I could read and write so to speak English but I had to learn the language uh, I had to go to the English Institute and uh, spend a year before even I be, I was able to begin college uh, school at Wayne State. So I spent uh, one year there and then uh, four years to get my degree. It was tough, especially I look back, I wish I had that, um, I wish I, I knew then what I know now, which is I would have maybe at least started in a community college that would have helped me with the smaller classes. Hindsight 2020, I was in a class that is like 200 people and trying to study like for example economic economics or or history class and sure. that was really difficult well so do you think um you know most dot's are kind of divided they've got planning and they've got engineering and you're you're a hybrid because you're an engineer but you work in the planning department at mdot and you're a project manager and when you get to be a project manager it's not about engineering anymore it's about managing personalities it's about uh it's about dealing with various, you know, crises every day and how you solve problems. And um, you think that your experience, um, because of you know the challenges that you've faced, have made you more compassionate, more empathetic, um, and you know, and, and helps you in the field when you're dealing with people who aren't happy. With, for instance, when you were project manager on M6, the last freeway that's been built in the state of Michigan, and you had to deal with. Uh, competing factions and neighbors who weren't happy about various things and I see what you do with the Gordie Howe International Bridge and the relationships that you've built up in Delray and Southwest Detroit and you know how how was that shaped by your own experience do you think it's it's funny you you asked that question because I started with M with MDOT in the in the area that was called uh, route location so route location or project development is an area where kind of you're looking at a clean slate page, looking at, at a projects that are large and, and you know, brand starting new, from starting from scratch. So uh, the tie to planning, so I spent probably half, uh, half of my career in, in the 
highway you know engineering side of the, the the department but planning worked hand in hand with that to you couldn't do projects that are uh, brand new without having planning in, in, in uh, you know as part of it so um, I look back and I say I, I feel like I am very privileged to have the opportunity to serve in both areas because you really need both and you said it really so accurately that you have to have the patience that planning could give you, it, it does give you, versus sometimes in, in, as an engineer, you, you are ready to uh, execute because you, you've got the tools, you've got the education, you're ready to, to do that. But when you're working on a project, for example, like the Gordy Howe, when you're exploring an, uh, a route uh, in a 25 square miles, you really want to be able to have the patience to work with the community, which is the most important part of the project. Do you want to be patient and, and do that uh, thorough, thoroughly? So, you know, going back to your last big project before you got thrown onto the Detroit River International Crossing, which was called for a while. Right. And then it was called Nitsi, which is North New International, New International Trade Crossing. Trade Crossing. Now it's the Gordy Howard International Bridge. You've been with this thing through every incarnation. You've seen it from back in the early 2000s. It was 2004 when I basically was assigned that, yeah. that project. So you've been dealing with the neighbors and the, the people who would be most, you know, influenced, uh, would, would have the most impact on their lives from this bridge and um, built up those relationships. I mean, to the extent that when the former director, Kirk Steidel, uh, gave you a little bit of a shout out at the groundbreaking on the U.S. side, um, you know, hundreds of people under that tent stood up and applauded because they knew you because you had built those relationships over the years and they trusted you and they knew that when you came to them and said this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to do for you it would happen and just talk about how important that is i am very humbled and touched by the fact that the community is what made the project shaped the project and really helped me to be the person i am today because uh, again i say that because the community taught me that the uh, you know the community of Delray is a community that is has sustained so much over the years, and they told us from day one it wasn't going to be just you know um, basically they have to be relocated. That that's not something we could uh, explore without talking to them about what it means to them and what would the life of the project do to their lives, and so it taught me a lot. Uh, in terms of uh, perseverance, because they persevered quite a bit, and they they went through the journey. Just like you said, it's been four, 15 years since I've been a project manager, and I know it was probably before 2004 when the conversation started on the a new crossing in the area. So again, I, I believe that uh, working with the community gave me uh, tools that I I will cherish for years to come to learn that, that patience and work hard and communicate, which is the most important thing. Communicate, communicate, communicate to them and back and give them, basically answer their questions, be available for them. We've held, as you know, Jeff, probably over 100 meetings in Delray. And um, I would say probably we could have done more because it was needed, it was necessary. It wasn't that simple to put a brand new, international bridge in an area 
without having to do a lot of homework. And I believe we have done a lot of homework. And talk about some, some specifics of some of the, the personal relationships. Well, some people, a lot of the people that I worked with, uh, they became like family to me, extended family to me, because I got to know them. We held uh, almost once a month, sometimes twice a month meetings. So we got to see each other on a regular basis. We talk about their family, they talk about my family. As a matter of fact, one time my wife showed up to one of the, uh, she wanted to surprise me on my birthday and showed up because she knew that I was at the public meeting, but I wasn't home. She said, she figured, well, I'll bring cupcakes to the meeting. And that was a surprise, shocked me beyond belief. And so she, my wife even got to meet the, the wonderful people, like you said, but one touched my heart in a special way because she was very faithful. She came to every meeting. She was very concerned about her home. She wanted to make sure that we treat her right. And, uh, and you know, it, it, was, it was a journey. It was a really hard journey, tough journey, because for her, it was generational. It was her parents and her, her folks lived in the- and She the, lived right in the middle of the footprint. Exactly, the bridge, right? exactly. So she knew that she would be part of the acquisition, but she didn't know how that, what that well, would look like. Well, she was like. very happy with her offer and, you know, financially, but still it was her home and it had been her home for a long time. Exactly. So I think we needed, uh, we needed to, for to me, again, to me, it wasn't just another person that being relocated. It's just the name. It, it meant it, it, she's like a family. So it, to me, I personalize it as someone that I cared about and we knew and she talked to me regularly on a regular basis concerned about the situation. So I wanted to make sure that she gets treated right and thank God for uh, the way MDOT handled the situation. I think we treated her right and uh, she's happily relocated in her new home. So now that uh, the, the project is underway, there's work going on on both sides. Um, you know, complicated relationship with, with Canada, financing the project and a, and a P3, which is not the way we usually do things in the United States. We've got uh, a big one going on now on I-75 in Oakland County. Um, we did one for freeway lighting, much smaller scale, but the kind of P3s that have been done in Canada and European countries, I mean, they're familiar with, and that's what this is, the public-private partnership that'll be the consortium that actually manages, operates, you know, manages the bridge for years. Uh, um, that's all new, but I mean, just getting this far is a tremendous sense of achievement and accomplishment for you. I mean, you talked about before the groundbreaking, you know, the crossing agreement and all the various milestones to get us this far with the Gordie Howe, you talked about it as if you were giving birth to your to your own child. So it really is. It really is, Jeff. I think most most of the time in the life of a engineer, uh, you don't see all that all in one career. You know, a lot of times, like M6, I came on M6 uh, more towards the design and the construction, not the beginning where the study. And I was told by, uh, you know, people that were involved in the beginning of that project, it started in the late 60s. So when we built it, it was in the late uh, 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, for listeners so, who don't know, this is a freeway that uh, enters Kent County, south of Grand Rapids. It was called the South Beltline for many years because correct. it was going to be uh, a southern expressway to, to get around Grand Rapids from Ottawa County and to connect with I-96 for people heading further east. And it was on the drawing board for years and years and years. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're right. There was a lot going on both politically and from an engineering standpoint. And you came in to see the project over the finish line. 
but still in a in a funding environment where we've been you know underfunding transportation in Michigan for 40 years and then on top of that you know with the population decline and then flattening out there hasn't been a lot of reason to build you know new roads we've been focused on maintaining what we have so that's the last that's the last freeway and that's you know been uh, 12 15 years since that was completed so it's pretty cool that you got to be part of that too yeah you don't you don't get to, it's a luxury to see it all in one lifetime life career time and in my case to see the Gordy Howe being built and we all know that it will be done by the end of 24 that's a just a, a tremendous yeah so what do you look forward to most I mean what do you what do you think that that will be like how that will change things uh, forever in, the, in terms of the flow of commerce and our connection to, to Windsor and our most important trading partner. I would like to see both Detroit and Windsor reap from the benefits of the trades and the, uh, uh, the infrastructure and the uh, uh, capital that is being spent in that area. That area deserves uh, nothing but the best and I believe with the amount of uh, investment that is being made in that area it's going to change it for life to come, uh, for years to come. And so I am, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunities, I'm excited about the potential jobs, because most people think it's just jobs that are tied to construction and tied to the building of the bridge and the other components the, 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 of the project. But I think it's beyond that because it's uh, logistics, and we all know if you're if you're if you're familiar with logistics, you have a lot of supporting entities or supporting pieces to that, and it will require or provide opportunities for other jobs. So it's like a ripple wave, and you will see more and more prosperity because of this wonderful project. And by that, you mean the distribution of goods and services, and, exactly. and trucking and other modes that are that are all. Uh, want to be in close proximity to that because that crossing is so important. Exactly. Yeah. So, what do you say to uh, you know youngster growing up somewhere else who might dream of someday becoming a civil engineer and working on those kinds of projects and maybe making their way from another country into the United States or from the United States to another country? I would say to them that the f the first thing is try to find a mentor. Uh, I, I really attribute a lot of my successes are to somebody, the, some of the people that have uh, had helped me, taught me, uh, held my hands uh, to, to, to do uh, better things. So I, I attribute that to a lot of people who are, uh, who are willing to take that time. And I, I would say to them, find someone that would, uh, would help you in that, uh, in that journey. And please reach out to me or people at MDOT, that, that if we can be of help to you and we can inspire you about transportation. I think it's a f f phenomenal career. It doesn't matter which area within the transportation, you will be the luckiest person on, on, on earth because you will touch people. You will help people uh, make their dreams because transportation is, is so important and vital for every area of everything we do in our lives. So I, I believe just civil engineering is uh, sometimes, unfortunately, it gets a bad rap because people get confused. They don't know, realize what it could potentially give you. But I would say think of environment, think of uh, economics, think of communication, think of, uh, I mean, financial, 
you know, so it could be many areas within the transportation uh, uh, realm. So it doesn't end with just being an engineer. Of course, I would like love to see you be a, a civil engineer. But what I'm saying, don't stop there. There are other parts to civil engineering, or I should say, to transportation. But being a part of of building something, a legacy, that's that's really, uh, I think that's what you feel pretty strongly about. Absolutely. We're like doctors, but for another different part, not the m medical doctors, but we're like basically providing the hub or the life livelihood for people to carry on their life uh, when they move on, whether work, school, worship, whatever that might be. Well, thanks, Mohammed, for taking the time to do this. Uh, again, I think your, your story is inspiring to others, and I appreciate you sharing it. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. That's a wrap for this edition of Talking Michigan Transportation. Check out show notes and more on SoundCloud or by subscribing on Apple Podcasts.